Should we do that dumb clap again? Yeah, let's clap. That was great. All, All right. right. Give us a countdown. All right. Three, two, one. Oh, yeah. That was so different. All right. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, man. Okay. Let's get it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the FanCast Podcast. This is a podcast where we round up every weekly Bachelorette episode and talk about which chick should have made it and who shouldn't. Ooh la la. (laughs) What a shitty cold opening. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just kidding. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the FanCast Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about comic book characters and story arcs that have not been made into film yet, and we discuss what they might look like translating to their first feature film. Nailed it! Boom! <laughs> Suck on it! Uh, that's beautiful. Couldn't have said it better. <laughs> um, I'm your beloved host, John Francis. And I'm your dearly beloved co-host, Sammy K. Palm. Oh, dearly beloved. Wow, way to up me. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> I gotta have something. Uh, yeah, so this week, we are discussing Superior. Another Mark Millar creation. Uh, obviously, we're Mark Millar fanboys. I know. <laughs> to our... the basic extent. <laughs> we're already Mark Millar shills. And, uh, oh! Yeah. I mean, uh, we got, like, what did we make from the Nemesis episode? Like, a few K each, which was nice. So, let's keep oh, dishing yeah. out the Millar episodes. Yeah, the phone was ringing off the hook. We had, yeah, every, every production studio for a full week was just calling us, trying to give us money. So, Superior, he shares within the Millar world from Mark Millar, uh, same world that we did our first episode on, Nemesis. Nemesis was a miniseries, and as is Superior. Superior kind of takes different beats. It's a little bit more superhero and uh, massive compared to Nemesis. Um, It's kind of like a love story to old Superman comic books and just, you know, the the undefeatable protagonist absolutely yeah it definitely pays homage to that for sure in the same fashion as a lot of millar's comics it takes like a sidestep from your normal comic book genre um it touches the same tropes that you're used to but takes them maybe on a more modern era more modern approach a little bit more real and gritty a lot of the times definitely millar's a bit of an edgelord and superior is no exception to that there's definitely a good amount of brutality uh, and just kind of some over-the-top stuff that does make it a more modern twist on kind of a classic thing. So yeah. it's, it's very much Mark Millar. And it, but it's still not as dark as like Watchmen or The Dark Knight. It's not like a you know brutal deconstruction of those, but still kind of like it shines on the hope and the brilliance that, you know, the same reasons why we've always loved big superheroes. Yeah, absolutely. And since we've just been saying a lot of bullshit, let's go ahead and give you a little synopsis <laughs> in case you, you don't know what the hell we're talking about. Um To quickly kind of sum it up, uh, Superior follows the story of a young boy whose name is Simon Pooney. That's right, Simon Pooney. Because he smashes the uh, poon. (laughs) Boom! Good one, Johnny. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You're fired, dude. Shit. (laughs) You made it three whole episodes. (laughs) So he's a young boy who uh, developed multiple sclerosis, um, which is real unfortunate for him. He was like a rising basketball star in his school. And he's basically come to the point where he's now in a wheelchair and he's lost a lot of his friend group. Um, But he's really into comics and he idolizes a comic character named Superior, who in his world has been a comic book character for a long time, since like the 1930s. And he's essentially kind of like Superman. He's like the very uh, powerful, kind of undefeatable protagonist um, from like the golden age of like comic books. Uh, at one point early on, Simon is confronted by a strange entity, this monkey in a spacesuit, 
who presents him with the option to uh, basically transform into Superior. And he, he takes him up on this offer, and he doesn't explain why he's been chosen, but he says, you have a week to kind of figure this out, and I'll explain more. So within that week, uh, it's, it's very, very similar to the story of Big with Tom Hanks. Uh, and that's what I was thinking right away. And then they even say that in like the second episode, it kind of talks about that. Yeah. Basically he gets transformed and like, he can't tell his parents because he's like, Oh, they'll never believe me and whatever. And he runs to his best friend's house and is convinces his best friend to believe him. And, uh, over the week he basically just starts saving lives and stuff in like a really great way. He starts, um, he, he say is one of his first big things is he saves like these satellites of people from crashing into the earth. Um, he starts like preventing natural disasters. He starts irrigating on a giant scale and like producing enough food for like Africa and like a bunch of third world countries. He just starts doing all this super badass shit um, to make the world <laughs> a better place. And he does it like it's nothing. Uh, meanwhile, we get a narrator, uh, Madeline Knox, who is a journalist and she's kind of. Um, I didn't like her at all at first, and then they end up kind of flipping her character around a little more at the end and making her a little more heartfelt, and you can kind of understand where she's coming from. But she's kind of this hard-hitting journalist who will do anything to get her story, and she's trying to figure out who the hell this guy, uh, Superior, is. Um, ultimately, it kind of comes down to after a week, uh, the the monkey comes back. Kind of, There's a twist on his origin and what he's actually about. It's a bit darker than we realized. Super evil. And yeah, super evil, and um, our our main character Simon is kind of he has to choose whether or not he's basically going to sell his soul to either stay superior and be able to you know walk not just walk but fly and do all these amazing things, or go back to his life where he does have to deal with MS and um, you know all the all the trials that that's that kind of life is going to you know leave him with. And yeah, I guess we don't need to spoil it too much more from there, but that's essentially kind of the main plot point of this seven comic series this really kind of follows a linear story of uh movie making and plots and movies with just the origin kind of goes on a great um inspirational story uh, like the middle area when he's saving everybody and saving the world and then he's met with a final challenge and a final question he has to ask himself and how does that resolve um it takes a little twist you don't, it doesn't resolve exactly how you're gonna think and i think that would just become an amazing two hour two and a half hour movie um, I don't think we really need to change much about the plot details like you just described. Yeah, I didn't plan on changing it at all. I think it's lined up perfectly to become a movie already as is. Well, and should we get into the fan casting part? I think that's what the people are that's listening good. for. Yeah, that's the whole that's the whole point of this, right? That's in the title, right? <laughs> yeah, so um, why don't you go ahead and give us your casting since I just said a bunch of stuff. So the main characters for me, I think, are going to be uh, Simon when he's in his multiple sclerosis mode, <laughs> when he's in that form, not his final form, <laughs> his final form as Superior, uh, and then his final form as Superior, and Superior, since he is a comic book and a movie in this world, he has an actor as well named Tad Scott, so kind of filling that du- dual role of a has-been actor, and then the, you know, the young kid as Superior. Um, very much like Shazam, and that's kind of why we're talking about this, is because it lines up with the Shazam story, but flips it a bit. And Shazam comes out in the beginning of April. Can't wait to see that. Um, so yeah, I'll just start off with uh, young Simon, the young boy. Um, so my guy for Simon is going to be... Well, I was thinking, okay, he's a smart guy. They have realistic dialogue. And we've been seeing a lot of movies like that. You know, people love Stranger Things. People love It. Kind of like the Goonies, just realistic dialogue. So I looked down that route. Who are the modern kids in film today? 
And I went with probably the person with the coolest name I've ever freaking heard, Finn Wolfhard. He is the main guy from Stranger Things, and he also is a comedic role in the movie It. And both those roles were just awesome. Leading, um, and kind of had some care behind his character, but also funny and just realistic lines. And he stands out in each of those roles. Uh, he kind of shows that he can have that realistic dialogue and kind of just caring roles, which really carries this role, I think. Whatever I just freaking said. <laughs> um, so yeah, my young Simon is going to be Finn Wolfhard. Young Simon. Yo, little Si. <laughs> For the role of young Simon. Yeah, hell yeah. What about you, Sam? Dude, uh, so I was definitely thinking Stranger Things a lot, and I actually did cast someone from Stranger Things for the role of Chris, but we'll get into that in a minute. Um, for young Superior, young Simon, um, I was... Thinking about a TV show that I just finished watching recently, The Umbrella Academy, which I loved. Shout out to Gerard Way, shout out to MCR. Yeah. Um, and I, the uh, did you see Umbrella Academy at all? Oh, dude, I haven't seen it. I know I need to get into it. I just never read the comics, and I'm watching so many freaking things right now. My main thing right now is Queer Eye, so once I'm done with that, I'll get to Umbrella Academy. Man. All right, well, since we didn't have a chance to read Umbrella <laughs> Academy and cast it up before it became a Netflix production... Um, they casted this young lad named Aiden Gallagher. I think he's 14 or 15 years old. Um, and he just really plays an amazing role. He's a lot more serious in the Umbrella Academy, but he's just got a really cool look to him. And he also kind of lines up with who I casted as um, adult superior, which I think kind of makes sense too, which is interesting because they don't necessarily need to look alike because he's transforming into someone different, but he just kind of has this superhero look about him. He's got a cool face. And yeah. Uh, so yeah, Aiden Gallagher... Um, he's number five in the Umbrella Academy, for those of you who have seen that, and for those of you who haven't, give that a look, too. It's pretty neat. Um, but yeah, I thought he would do a really good job as Simon Pooney. I like yeah, your casting, though. That's dope. Finn is funny, and his role in It was definitely very, very um, fun and lighthearted and goofy and a little more edgy in a very Mark Millar way. So Yeah, and I, I think like with, that. with modern <laughs> scripts and dialogue, that fit well. I just looked up your guy, Aiden. And that dude's got a smile that wraps around the back of his ears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it curls a little bit. It curls. Oh, Just goodness. Just like really <laughs> smile. <laughs> but yeah, I see what you're saying. He looks good. I like this guy. I think he'd fit this role perfect. Um, and yeah, that whole age around like 15, 16 is perfect. Um, so let's get into the main big boy, Tad Scott slash Superior, the main role, the titular hero of, I guess, Millar World now. Uh, yeah. So yeah, so for this role, uh, you probably saw this, but uh, Mark Millar suggested in a tweet that he wanted John Cena for this role. John Cena! <laughs> and uh, I'm not the biggest fan of John Cena, honestly. Oh, no, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he's had like fun roles, I guess, like, you know, the new Bumblebee movie, which if you haven't seen that, it's a fun movie. I suggest watching it. Um, but he doesn't have the best acting chops and which is tough to find though with someone who's like a big bulky imposing person. Um, it's like a weird trade-off. Do I want like the super muscular body bodybuilding guy that can't act or do I want like the very good actor who is probably not going to steroid it up and become the size he needs to be. But I think I found the happy medium. We're going with someone who's not unfamiliar with the comic book realm. I'm going with Joe Manganiello. Hope I said that right. Joe Manganiello, he played 
Flash Thompson in the first Spider-Man, for those who don't know. I'm sure no one knows that because it's such a tiny little role. Um, oh, I know for, Except for my comic fans out there. What up? Hey. And then he also, of course, was Deathstroke in that nice little tease at the end of the horrible movie Batman vs. Superman. Just kidding, fans <laughs> out there. It's not that bad. Whatever. Let's get the director's cut. <laughs> um, but yeah, I chose him because the character Tad Scott, um, if you think about it, he's like kind of a has-been actor. Not that Joe is, but he's an older actor. John Cena, who was suggested by Mark Millar, was 41. Joe Manganiello is 42. So he's like the right age range that we're looking for from the creator of the book. So I think that fits it well. And he's a big imposing guy. He was in True Blood, which was that werewolf movie or TV show. And he was just super built, very imposing, strong guy. And he can act. You know, he's had many different roles, uh, some fun ones in like, uh, what's that beautiful movie with the guys with the hot abs and pecs dancing with with uh, Channing Tatum. Oh, Magic Mike. Yes, Magical Michael. Yeah, our favorite movie. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, so he's kind of got, I think he's got the look just, and also he's kind of like has that New Yorker kind of look, which is where the, the, I feel like the scene of this movie, of the story takes, so he can kind of fill that well. And yeah, Joe Manganiello is my superior slash Tad Scott. Wicked cool, man. I like the casting. I like all the thought you put into that. And that's actually, Channing Tatum wouldn't be too bad of a pick either, probably. He's done a lot of fun roles and a lot of comedy roles, which is interesting. Not that uh, Superior is necessarily, you know, a comedy role, but there's a lot of comedic beats in this that I think would be funny for him to portray. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't think it would be as zany as the idea of like what we've been seeing with uh, uh, Zach Levy in the Shazam movie coming out. I don't think it's gonna be like that silly, but it is a mm-hmm. kid in a grown man's body still, so he's gonna act not like a adult exactly. Totally, totally. Just real quick on a side note, I like that you said that. Yeah, he's a kid in a grown man's body. One of my favorite parts is when he goes into Afghanistan and he's like going back to the the people. He's like, oh, we're all cleared up in there. Like he destroys Al Qaeda. He finds this little Optimus Prime toy. Yes. He's like, hey. I'm going to go ahead and leave this with the Red Cross. Uh, these guys are pretty expensive. Dude, I <laughs> it can't... Was just, it was really cute and funny, and I'm like, oh, that's... You know, he, he's still just a little kid, so... Yeah, I can't tell you also, for those who don't know, I have a giant Transformers collection still, a lot of them in boxes, and I've eBayed the original Generation 1 Optimus Prime many times when I was a kid, and even, like, just last... Well, to because I want to get it to my collection, I have, like, five different Optimus Primes. You uh-huh. know, I digress, whatever. Continue with your superior. <laughs> Cool, yeah. So for Superior, I was weighing out a few different people. I was thinking of like, yeah, bigger built people. Then I was just trying to think of people with cool faces. Um, Someone who maybe necessarily hasn't been in like a superhero type role either. And then just actors I like in general. Um, First, I was thinking like, ooh, maybe John Hamm from Mad Men and Baby Driver. He's got a kind of a cool face and might make an interesting Tad Scott. I ultimately settled with Justin Theroux. Uh, Did you see Maniac? Dude, I haven't seen Maniac, but I'm familiar with Justin Theroux. Yeah, he's a definitely a well-known actor. Dated Jennifer Aniston for quite a long time. Um, he was in Mulholland Drive. He was actually a screenwriter for Iron Man Two, which is cool. So he's got a little, a few little ties in the comic world. Um, he's not inherently the biggest guy, but he's definitely beefed up for certain roles. And uh, I think his his face is really neat, and he would look kind of cool as uh, as Tad Scott or Superior. Um, I just enjoy his acting. He's got a wide variety of acting. He's done more serious roles, more weird roles, kind of crazy psychological thriller roles. He just really covers a lot of different bases, and I enjoy him a lot as an actor. I think his face, and when he beefs up, his body would be really cool for the role of Superior as well. And I would like to see him in a comic movie, and that's something I usually try to do with my casting, is throw someone in who maybe hasn't exactly been in a comic, you know, something fresh, something kind of a new take. 
Yeah, dude, he looks, he kind of looks just looking at him like that guy was an actor, clearly just the way he presents himself. And that's kind of, you want a superhero that looks like they would be an actor too, just like as Tad Scott is. Exactly. That looks great. Yeah. Wow. Good casting on that one. He is a little Thanks, bit older, Tom. I know. I've seen him from Parks and Rec, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a bit older, and that's actually one of the things. Tad Scott is actually, what, 50-something? They, they say a few times in the comic, they're like, how long are you going to keep playing these roles? Like, he's getting older. So Tad Scott himself is supposed to be a bit of an older guy because Superior is, you know, he's been making these movies for a couple decades now. Because yeah. he's like a played-out Superman-type you know, character that people are supposedly bored of in a modern era. That's right. Right. Brilliant, dude. I love it. Um, so I guess moving down the cast line, um, I think the next main person is, uh, let's go with Ormon, his little monkey buddy. Um, yeah. I think he has a pretty big role in this. Um, so this would be CGI, I guess, unless they do monkey face on someone, which I don't know if that's okay in today's climate. <laughs> but, uh, so, so for Ormon, um, I'm thinking, okay, motion captured, blah, 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 monkey. Uh, I went the director out because I feel like if you have gold, why not use it? So I went with... Andy Serkis. Um, Are there any other CGI actors? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Shit! (laughs) Well, I mean, okay, think about it, too. Um, His two main biggest CGI roles, I think, are... Gollum. Gollum and Caesar, a monkey and a weird little uh, Uh cave guy. Put those together, and you have an evil monkey Ormon. (laughs) Totally. I mean, I think you could do that brilliantly. Just kind of like the innocent eyes and then the evil eyes, which you saw in Gollum. And then I guess he just knows how to move like a monkey because of Planet of the Apes. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That's perfect. That's exactly who I thought for the role, too. It's just it just lines right up. It's perfect. Yeah. I mean, the resume. um, Yeah, I've played a monkey and I've played a little cave guy. Uh, We're going to work perfect. (laughs) He's overqualified. He's overqualified. So that was easy. Check that off. Um, If they didn't get him... um, I don't know who they would go with. Like, do you know any other CGI actors who are just like strictly CGI? I guess strictly Alan Tudyk CGI. has done some fun stuff. He's doing Iago in the new Aladdin, and he did the robot in Rogue One. Forgive me, I can't remember his name. But he's oh, huh. yeah, so he's done a lot of voice acting and kind of probably some motion capture. So maybe Alan Tudyk. Uh, I like him a lot. I feel like he's doing a lot of great roles right now too. Oh, and Alan Tudyk is the bad guy in the Doom Patrol TV show. Have you been watching that? No, I haven't. What's it called? Doom Patrol? Yeah, Doom Patrol. It's on DC Universe. Really fun. And he's the bad guy oh. in it. He, you don't see him until like the very, the very beginning and the very end of the first episode, and then he comes back some more. Uh, but yeah, Alan Tudyk, I think, would be a good runner-up if Andy Circus uh, was too busy with every movie that he does every year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Let's keep going down the list then. Um, I guess maybe Maddie, the reporter. Yeah, yeah. So Maddie, Madeline Knox, the reporter, um, she's definitely a pivotal role. She's kind of the narrator for most of the comic. It's revealed, actually. So it's mostly told through her view. Um, she kind of is introduced as a character who's out for herself and will do anything to get her story. Yeah. Uh, she actually first meets Superior by driving her car off a pier. So he'll dive down after her and save her. Uh, she's animated in a very cliche, kind of very uh, buxom, womanly way. And um, she definitely has a lot of appeal. She's um, uh, she's a big celebrity herself in this book as a reporter. She's a very attractive woman, and she has like celebrity status. Um, so I was trying to just cast, you know, with someone who I thought could portray that person physically and her role um, as kind of a very strong go-getter. We'll do anything to get this role. And I weighed out a lot of different options, but ultimately I settled with someone who I thought just visually is very striking and has shown herself to be able to perform. Uh, 
to this extent. And I like I would like to see Cara Delevingne Ooh. as the role of Madeline Knox. Yeah, Cara Delevingne, who is the English fashion model. Uh, we've seen her act in Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets, which was a eh, whatever movie, but it really kind of for me sh- surprised me and showcased how much uh, acting capability she really has. Um, she was also in Suicide Squad as what Enchantress. Yeah, um, which was kind of like a throwaway for that potential. Yeah, that was yeah whatever. But she does have some acting experience in kind of a comic world already, which is kind of neat. Um, and I thought she just would look like a really really cool reporter. I think she would be exactly who I'd want to see um, for the role of Maddie Knox. Hell yeah, that's brilliant. I think. Um, so yeah, kind of what you were saying. She's very ambitious, bold, and in in the comics, she has a very seductive role in a part too. Mm-hmm. So you got to have someone who can be who can turn on a seductive side, be very luring, and also um, just carry her own self. Doesn't rely on the co-stars or whatever. So for that, I was thinking, okay, well, who's originally you know the main redhead star now today? Um, and I was thinking Emma Stone, but now nah, Emma Stone's kind of. I kind of am falling out with her in her latest stuff. But I went with someone who I think is going to be a big fan fave. Um, carries her own role. Um, hold on. Crap. Hold on. My cat's got in. <laughs> hold on. Uh, my cats. My cat's got in. Hey, kitties. You Where? cast your kitties? Dang. Sorry about that, man. How to round up my kitties. They're all, did we, uh, do we understand there's a podcast going on? Oh, yeah. Is this a podcast? Oh, man. Okay. Oh, yeah. So good casting on that. So for me, when it came to Maddie, I was thinking, who's the main redhead stars nowadays? Which, you know, redhead doesn't mean anything. You change hair easily. Uh, so thinking Emma Stone. But for me, I think she's kind of. She's not on my top list in the past couple of years. She used to be, but mm. I feel like, you know, just seeing some roles that I didn't like and then some roles I did like, so I'm not pushing her in this. But I'm going with someone who I think would be a big fan favorite. Um, huge points for all of them. Someone who can command their own role, who has starred in their own films, um, can also turn on that seductive side and also just be a very strong actor or actress. Um, so I went with Scarlett Johansson. I think that Scarlett Johansson is a very, um, like you were saying, striking woman. She's done great voice acting with the Jungle Book. She was the snake, you know? So narrating this, I think that she could narrate over this. Yeah, have just a great voice for this narration. And also just kind of command and put people in their place, which is what this very much Lois Lane archetype in a modern world is all about. So yeah, Scarlett Johansson, she's got the acting chops, the experience. And yeah, very striking, very seductive woman. So, bang, Maddie. Um, Dude, I like yours a casting. lot. I, I like yours a lot, too. Scarlett Johansson is definitely someone I, I think would be great for the role. I considered her, too. I like that she has a lot of experience in lots of different, you know, comic book movies, as is. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, like, I think your, your point of her being the narrator perspective, she's done roles where she literally just had, you know, just her voice the entire time. So, and she's done that quite a few times. She does have a great voice, so. Hell yeah, brother. I mean, we could have also gone with one of our all-time faves, uh, Amy Adams. You know, she did play Lois Lane in <laughs> Man of Steel. <laughs> but that would kind of just be like, can y'all cast me as something else, please? We could have this... gone with our all-time favorites, uh, Jeremy Irons. Yeah, just over and over again. <laughs> as Madeline Knox. <laughs> <laughs> Madeline. I didn't realize she's a reporter but lives in this giant, like, multi-million dollar loft in New York. Yeah, I... she, she's got, like, celebrity status is... Yeah, it's crazy. And they draw her the. So if you haven't read this, the penciling of this is done by uh, 
forgive me if I don't say his name right, but Linel Francis Yu, who is a Filipina act, uh, drawer artist for mostly Marvel. He's done a few DC things, but he draws everything kind of like pseudo-realism, very dynamic. And he draws Maddie, just her curves and like just the shine and light on her body in some of these scenes, like just brilliantly. So I think that, yeah, you could fit Scarlett Johansson in that because Kevin Feige loves doing that to her in the Marvel movies. <laughs> All the butt shots that yeah. he has of her. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. A bit obnoxious, but yeah. Know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I do have to make one note. Yeah. The, the artwork for Superior, I think was my, my favorite part of everything. I was really blown away by literally every panel, um, especially some of those really wide ones where um, there's one where he's, he pulls out a giant submarine Yes. Um, and there's one where he like smashes a giant Titanic looking ship in like New York City or whatever. And then there's one where he's bringing all these shipping crates to feed all these people in Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just these, they're so visually striking. The coloring's amazing, but the pencil work is just, it's phenomenal. I was so blown away by that more than anything else in this, in this comic. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I need to read some more stuff by him just because it's a joy yeah. to look at. Absolutely. Um, okay, do you want to hit out some side characters before we get to the director? Yeah, totally. I cast um, for his best friend, Chris. Hey, Chris. Um, who's the, yeah, hey, hey, hey Chris. That's um, a Chris D'Elia <laughs> joke if y'all, y'all should read into him. So he's like the best friend that um, Simon confides in, you know, when everything happens. He's his, one of his few remaining friends after he gets his, um, you know, after he starts showing the symptoms of multiple sclerosis. This guy still hangs out with them weekly. They go see movies together, whatever. Um, so I was thinking about Stranger Things as yes. one of my main, yeah. So I, I chose, um, da, 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 da. I think I just deleted his name. Here, I'll say it for you. Oh, Caleb God, McLaughlin. <laughs> Caleb McLaughlin. Did you choose him too? I have him as well, dude. <laughs> dude. Wow. That's crazy. This overlap. You weren't, you weren't joking. We predicted. Why does this keep happening? I don't know, dude. We're like the same cutie. <laughs> we promised we body. didn't plan it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I chose him because, you know, in Stranger Things, like you were saying, he's Finn Wolfhard's co-star in that, and they're buddies in that film, so I'm like, okay, they'd be buddies here, that'd be great. Yeah, crossover. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know him from anything else besides that. I've seen him in interviews, like on Jimmy Fallon, when the whole Stranger Things yep. troupe was on there, and he seems like a, just a really cool guy to hang out with and kid, so I think that'd be his cooler kind of friend who's, like, still a nice guy. I think that'd be a great casting. Totally my thoughts, exactly. Uh, what about the bad bully guy, Slurpee? Uh, Sharpie? Yeah, yeah, Sharpie. I say Slurpee, my bad. <laughs> Slurpee? <laughs> I mean, not that Sharpie is any better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's some it's odd just... names for this that aren't really explained. I don't, I don't know if they were references to something or inside jokes for them or what, but... Yeah. Simon, Poony, and Sharpie. <laughs> and then also Tad. What kind of name is Tad? <laughs> Tad. <laughs> it's yeah, a Tad weird. Yeah. Um, Tad weird. Yeah, what about uh, Sharpie then? So, I chose... I mean... I don't know many kid actors, so I was going off of, okay, who's a little bit more chubbier, heavier set white kid with blonde hair? And I went kind of going the same route that I was, the cast from It. Um, the guy on the show It, the movie It, he was a chubbier white kid. Um, his That actor's name is Jeremy Ray Taylor. Um, he hasn't been in too many other movies, but I think he could just turn on maybe like a bully role for this. He fits the same age group as all these kids, so it'd be good. Perfect. Yeah, I tried to think about some casting for that, didn't get too into it mostly we do see him in a few different scenes of him you know being a bully he's he's in one of the first panels he's we see him later um 
mutants appear, takes them up to like the North Pole or something, and makes them freeze for a while. To, <laughs> I know, makes them a slurpee. People. Yeah, <laughs> turns them into a slurpee. <laughs> from sharp from sharpie to slurpee. Um, brings them back and stuff, and then at the very end, he gets some uh, super powers as well and turns into a big bad guy. Yeah, I actually like that. How this boy, so this boy's whole thing was he's desperate for like so. Simon's role is that he's very desperate for, like, you know, I want to be a normal kid again. I want to be a basketball player again, but he doesn't have that. And that's how his wish is kind of attracted. This kid's wish is kind of just, he's the nemesis of this boy. He's a bully, but he well, also has chaos. a really... Chaos. Yeah, chaos. Has a really shitty chaos. family. Uh, really, really shitty family thing. Probably desperate for love and attention. So that's how he got his wish as well, uh, knowing that this could be easy prey on for Ormond, the, the evil little monkey guy. And that and that's a pretty evil scene too, man. His parents are like all strung up and killed and stuff. Bleeding and yeah, with ropes like on the ceiling or something. I couldn't even really tell what was going on. It was it was some, pretty disturbing. Yeah, some pretty evil stuff. Um, so yeah. yeah, okay, not that big of a role. So whoever, <laughs> whoever wants cool. him can have. Do you have, have any them. other side ones, or do you want to jump onto the director? Um, that's all I really had. What about you? Yeah, same. That's that's all I really cast out for this. I think those were the most important roles. Everything else would just be very small filler things, like his parents, whatever. Not very important roles. Not much, not much there. Right. Let's knock um, out the showrunner then. All right. Cool. You want me to go first? I'll introduce my person. So do it. I was thinking. Okay, massive movie. Uh, you know, visually gonna be captivating. Um, it's got some lighthearted scenes to it, but also has some very deep evil scenes. I'm thinking, because Ormon is a demon, you even see a bunch of demons, and there's like some pentagram stuff going on and evilness. Um, there's also massive violence in this too. At the very end, whenever, you know, the, the, the big, big bad guy comes in, people are just being blown up, um, you know, just totally incinerated. You see like their skeletons blown up and stuff. So it needs to be like visually violent at the end, kind of different tones going back and forth. So I was thinking, who can channel uh, massive movies, massive actions, and evil horror? I was thinking James Wan. So James Wan, the guy from Insidious, the Conjuring produ- production teams and all that stuff, he also did revamped the Fast and the Furious movies and made them a lot better, I think. Um, but also he just recently did Aquaman, which Aquaman has awesome spectacle scenes, but also some very eerie um, horror scenes in it too with the trench people. And I think that he can draw on those same aspects and same elements and put them into Superior and just make a very captivating movie, but also some horrifying movie that kind of brings you back to like, oh man, this isn't just all good and hope and stuff. It's got some serious tones to it. So yeah, James Wan. Very cool. I love that. I love that. I love you. Um, I mean, I love it too. <laughs> I love you. Um, <laughs> cool. For my director, yeah, so I had a, I, I definitely thought about the director more. I had a little more trouble thinking about who I wanted to settle on. There was a few that I liked, um, and I was really just trying to think of the tones of this story, um, you know, from the angle of it being, it's being narrated by the journalist, but it's really about a kid who gets this awesome ability, you know, to be a superhero um, there's some comedic beats, but there's definitely some really darker moments. And then visually, it's very stunning, too. So it's kind of all over the place. I feel like there's a lot of things that it needs to nail. Um, there's a lot of directors I think could potentially do a good job for it. Ultimately, I settled on just one of my favorite directors who's been making moves in the comic world. Um, he's definitely known a bit more for his comedic beats, which I don't know if that would necessarily be something he would need to focus on for this particular uh, adaption. Uh, but I think he would still do really well nonetheless. Um, Taika Waititi. Ooh. Did I say that right? Yeah, Taika Waititi, <laughs> dude. Taika Waititi. I always feel like I'm mispronouncing his name, but I love him so much. Of course, we know he's done Thor Ragnarok. 
which was the only good Thor movie. Yeah. Um, he's known from What We Do in the Shadows, which the mockumentary, you know, vampire mockumentary, which is fun and a little dark there. Love it. And then also his, like, I think it was his directorial debut was Hunt for the Wilder People, which was the story of um, kind of a rebellious young guy, uh, young yeah. lad who, who goes off into um, um, the wild, basically, with his uncle, and they have to run away from, like, you know, the feds or whatever and it's basically he's a little bit of an edgy kid there and whatnot so the reason i definitely settled on um watiti for this waititi is uh because he does know how to write for kids and there's definitely a few kid roles in this he can approach that angle i think he can add a bit of comedic beats to it mm-hmm. and he's definitely proven himself as a strong director in the comic world even doing some really visually striking uh stuff that we saw in uh, ragnarok even with like you know the whole fire demon what was that yeah, I think definitely because, yeah. you know, in Superior, they have the giant annihilator guy, which is towering over the exactly. whole city. And then in mm-hmm. Thor, they have, um, goodness, I can't think of his name either. Yeah, I'm spacing. Yeah, but it's exactly like visually. That's That was the first thing I thought. I'm like, oh, cool. Okay, I could see him doing something pretty well with this. Like I said, he's definitely known a bit more for his comedic beats and Superior definitely has its moments of that. Yeah, dude, that's brilliant. I like that. And also, Hunt for the Wilder People, it's funny, comedic, and has realistic dialogue and interactions, but I also remember getting teary-eyed at the end of that movie. That was a, I love that movie. Great, so I guess rounding it up, you know, for Simon, we have, I have Finn Wolfhard, and you had... I had Aiden Gallagher, best known from the Umbrella Academy. For um, Todd Scott, Tad Scott, Todd is what his name should be. For Tad Scott, Superior, I had Joe Manganiello. I had Justin Thoreau. And then for the evil little sinister Ormond, we both had Andy Serkis, which is brilliant of us. And maybe if he's too busy, <laughs> we can have Alan Tudyk step in, which would be just as good. Um, and then Maddie, um, the reporter, uh, we I said Scarlett Johansson. I said Cara Delevingne. Brilliant ideas, dude. And then his little sidekick buddy, who's always there for him, uh, oops, Chris, we both said Caleb McLaughlin. Which yep, Caleb McLaughlin. We're just like high-fiving back and forth. Yeah! Do we know each other? We did it! Uh, <laughs> my uh, my director is James Wan. And mine is Taika Watiti. Heck yeah. And that is a wrap for our third episode, Superior. Another short mm-hmm. series, limited release. I'm so proud of you, dude. Dude, we're killing it. I'm proud of me, too. <laughs> proud of us. <laughs> uh, hey, so what's up next? So next, I think we're going to keep it a little bit on the Midway Underground level. People might know it. People have been wanting this. Saga. We're going to go with Volume 1. Saga, one of my all-time favorites. Yeah. I know. It's great. You know, it's not your typical comic book. It doesn't follow superheroes, but it's very fantasy, action, kind of space. You know, people say it's Star Wars mixed with uh, Lord of the Rings. So let's get at it. Absolutely. Brian K. Vaughn, we're coming to cast... And that'll be uh, the next bit. Thank you all for listening so much. This has been the FanCast Podcast. I've been Sammy K. Palm. And <laughs> I've I, been Sammy K. Palm. <laughs> he was Sammy K. Palm, and I am going to be John Francis. Hey, Sam, where can the people get at us? Hey, people can get at us. You can find our podcasts wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, that, for us, would be Spotify, iTunes, uh, Podbean, ooh, um, <laughs> <laughs> Google Play. Yeah. Um, am I missing anything right now? Uh, and if you guys have any questions or any requests on comics that we should check out and go through the fan casting of, reach out to us at thefancastpodcast at gmail.com. Fancast podcast. All right, guys, that's a wrap. Love you. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye.